0: Romans 5, let's stand together this morning and look at verse 1 and going to look at verse number 2, Romans chapter 5. Uh, Brother Michael and I were talking during the handshaking time, uh, talking about the message, and I says I'm not sure... If I have four points this morning or three points this morning and one tonight, okay? And so that'll depend upon how you smile and amen and at least look like you're getting the message, okay? If you don't look like you're getting it, I'm gonna backtrack and we're gonna go over it all again, okay? So teach your face to lie and act like you're getting this, okay? Romans chapter number five, look at verse one. The Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? Verse 2 By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray together. Father, I do thank you for the privilege to come this morning. Lord, I'm thankful that you gave me life today, that, Lord, I was able to open my eyes, take a deep breath, and realize, Lord, you had yet more for me to do today, as with every person here. I pray, Father, we'd find that out during the service. For those that are lost, who aren't sure that heaven's their home, Lord, help them not leave here confused and doubting. Help them, Lord, to trust in you today before it's too late. For those that are already saved, Father, I pray that we leave here knowing your will better and clearer, Lord, that we might go out and do it as we leave this place. I pray, Father, right now you give us great grace to do what only you can do, and I pray that, Father, you bless the message for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just a few weeks ago, I was reading through the book of Romans uh, and read through the book of Romans many, many times. But as we know, Hebrews, the Bible says in chapter four, that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's a living word of God and how it speaks to us in, in ways sometimes that we haven't seen before and had the Lord speak to us through it before. And I got to Romans chapter five, particularly verse number one, that'll be our key text this morning. And there was a statement in verse number one that really challenged me. Uh, I don't always like being challenged by the Word of God, but I do and I'm thankful that the Word of God still challenges me and speaks to me. And there's a statement in verse number one I want you to see this morning that I had a little bit of personal conflict with, not doubting that it's true, it's the inspired, inerrant, and preserved Word of God. I don't doubt that whatsoever, but doubting whether or not I truly possessed the principle that is mentioned in verse number one. Watch what it says. Therefore, being justified by faith... Now, watch the next three words. We have peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, the Bible says we have peace. Now, notice it didn't say we're working on getting peace. The Bible says we have peace. That means the word have means it is a possession of ours. And yet, how often in my own life... Do I not possess the peace that God says that I have? Now, obviously, this is speaking about peace with God through salvation, but there's also peace that comes uh, through God after salvation, and oftentimes, God's people are some of the most unpeaceful people that walk this dear planet. Now, why is that? It's amazing you read verse number one, it shows us something that God says that we should have that too often we don't have. It says we have peace. How often do we not have peace in our heart? How often do we not have peace in our home? How often do we not have peace of mind? How often do we not have peace within our relationships? The Bible says yet that through Christ we have peace and it should be a possession that we have. I fear this morning there are earthly possessions that we have a better grip on than the spiritual possession of peace that our Father says we should have. It's like the story of the therapist uh, told someone the way to have true inner peace in their life was to finish what they started. Everybody's searching for peace. Everybody has a therapist now. Everybody's going to counselors now, trying to figure out how we can have peace in our life. Everybody's searching for it right now. I believe it was a Wall Street Journal poll that was done recently, uh, polled people that if you were to find a magical lamp that a genie has, and you can rub that lamp and ask for one thing, what would you ask for? The overwhelming response was not money, it was not possessions, it was not power, it was Peace. Everyone is searching for peace man went to a therapist and he asked him How can I have true inner peace? He says you've got to start finishing what you started It's a good way to have peace He said so far this morning. I finished two bags of chips and a candy bar And i'm feeling great about myself I hate to tell you two bags of chips and a candy bar are not going to bring you the peace that you need that the bible says passes understanding The truth of the matter is, every person here today, lost or saved, all of us desire to possess peace. We want peace. Peace with God through salvation and then peace after salvation in the world and the life uh, that we're living. And yet so often we do not possess it. Notice what it says, verse 1. We have peace. That means it is a possession of ours. This morning I believe what we're lacking more than anything, both in the life of the lost and the saved, is we are missing peace. We are missing peace. That's what we're missing. We think that we're missing money, and money's going to give us peace. No, what you're missing is peace. Skip over the money. It's not the money. You think it's a better job, a better-looking spouse. (laughs) You're thinking if I had more money, more time, more possessions, that's going to bring me peace. No, what you're missing is peace itself. And this morning, I believe God would, would show us in Romans 1, Romans 5, verse 1, on how we can find the missing piece, and that's what we're going to preach on this morning, the missing piece. Look at verse 1, if you would. In order to find what we're missing, we need to know what we're looking for, right? If you're going to find something, you need to know that you're looking for it, and we need to know what peace is. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. The first thing that I want you to notice this morning on finding the missing piece is you need to get a clear picture of peace, right? You need to understand what peace is. We all have different definitions of what peace is. We could pass around uh, papers this morning and get everyone to write down what you think peace is this morning, and we would probably get a different answer from every person that is here. When you look at mankind's peace, Mankind looks at peace as an absence of disturbance or conflict. I would have peace if there was an absence of disturbance or conflict in my life. I am sure, as many people in this room there are this morning, that someone would write, peace is when my kids go to school, right? Because now we have an, act, uh, an absence of disturbance and conflict. Maybe it's when your spouse goes to work, right? My wife tells me all the time, It's easier to clean when you're not here. She's right. I hate it, but she's right, as usual. Oftentimes, that's how we view peace, isn't it? I'll have peace if I have an absence of conflict, if I have an absence of disturbance. That is man's definition of peace. It's a conditional peace. That I'll have peace if this and if that and if they and if them. That's what our definition of peace is. I hate to tell you, that's not God's definition of peace. It's like the lady whose husband passed away and was very wealthy and she got him a big nice marble grave marker and on the bottom of it, it had rest and peace. A month later, they opened the will to find out that he did not leave her any of his money. She called the monument company to come back and put something else on the tombstone. After rest in peace, it says, till I come. (laughs) The peace was conditional. She was looking for a scrap when she gets up there or down there, wherever he was at. She was looking to scrap with him. That's the peace that mankind gives. It's conditional. I have peace if, I have peace if I have this. If they will just do this, I'm going to have peace. That's mankind's peace. Ironically, the word Islam comes from the word salam, which means peace. You look up the definition of the most militant religion in the world, and it means peace. But dig a little bit deeper. Dig a little bit deeper into the definition of Islam, salam. It means peace through submission. You see, that kind of peace is conditional. Hey, we'll have peace as long as you do what I tell you to do. That's a conditional peace. That's not this peace that God is speaking about. God's peace far surpasses that. That's why John 14, 27, the Bible says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Listen close. Not as the world giveth. God says, my peace is different than the peace the world offers you. The world can offer you peace when everything is going right. The world can offer you peace when you have enough money, when people are nice to you. That's the peace the world offers to you. But the peace that God offers to you is a different. You need to get a picture of God's peace this morning. God's peace gives you peace in spite of the circumstances. God's peace is not of the world. The world says, hey, you have peace. Watch this. There'll be peace in the Ukraine if Vladimir Putin leaves. That's not the kind of peace God's talking about. The people in Ukraine, thank God there's Christians over there. There's pastors preaching the word of God this morning. Thank God for that. They can offer them a peace in spite of Vladimir Putin. That's the kind of peace God gives today. That's the kind of peace you need. It's not the peace, well, you know what, if I just had a bigger, better, badder vehicle, or if I just had more money over a bigger house, or if I was better looking than them, or whatever it is, that's a conditional peace. That's not God's peace. God says, my peace is not the cheap peace of the world. My peace is not of the world. We say, what do you mean? God's peace works in spite of trouble. As a matter of fact, he told his disciples, in the world ye shall have tribulation, and yet he tells them, be of good cheer, be at peace. That's what God offers this morning. would you like to have some of that? Good news is you can. He's offering us that. What does he say? Verse 1, we have peace. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, back up just a moment. Why does it pass understanding? Why does it pass understanding? Because it works when you shouldn't have it. When times are bad, you have peace. I have stood by the bedside of many folks in this room who have just said goodbye to a loved one in the hospital room. It's amazing how many times I've heard the same thing. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm doing better than I thought I would. It's a peace that passes understanding. These are people who have just said goodbye to someone that they love or so long temporarily till I see you later on because they're saved and yet they find themselves doing better than they thought they would. Why? It's a peace that passes understanding. God can give you a peace in spite of your hurt. God can give you a peace in spite of your pain. God can give you a peace in spite of what's going on in the world. That's the peace that God gives. And that's what we need this morning. Can I tell you, if you had that kind of peace, your co-worker would want what you have. They would think you're on drugs or something. What are you taking, man? What doctor did you go see? World's falling apart. Wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> Economy's tanking. Gas going toward $5 a gallon. And yet you just seem good. Hey, can you slip me one of those? That's when you reach over in your desk and you pull out your Bible. <laughs> this is where the peace I get comes from. Because God's picture of peace is in spite of our circumstances. Let me give you a couple of examples of that. Peace gives us stillness in spite of our circumstance. Peace will give you stillness in spite of your circumstance. An example of that is Matthew chapter 8. Jesus is on that boat, remember, and the storm comes up. And everybody's worried and everybody's scared to death. What's Jesus doing? He's asleep. He has peace. Why? Because that kind of peace gives you stillness in spite of your circumstance. I wonder this morning, I wonder how many of us, don't raise your hand, are going through a storm. You know, God's peace can help you be still in spite of your circumstance. This kind of peace gives you assurance in your anguish. See, how do you know that? Well, look at Stephen. What does the Bible say in the book of Acts about him? He's getting executed, getting his brains maliciously beat out. And he looks up to heaven and says, lay not this to their charge. He's forgiving them. I want you to know, you punch me in the mouth. You're going to see that not all my flesh is dead yet. I hate to tell you that, but that's just the truth. They're beating his brains out. And yet he says, lay not this to their charge. God, forgive them. Forgive them. And his countenance was right. What happened? He had God's peace. God's peace gives you assurance in the midst of your anguish. This kind of peace gives you calm in the midst of your concern. What was Daniel doing? He just spent the night with the lions. He wasn't freaking out. Oh, get me out of here. Climbing the walls? No. He was just sitting down there with the lions. Why? He had God's peace. He had God's peace. The problem this morning is we don't have it because we're waiting on the wrong thing. Hear me out. We don't have this kind of peace. Watch. Watch. You say you'll have peace when your circumstances change. You shouldn't be waiting on your circumstances. You should be waiting on God. You're waiting on the wrong thing. You could have this peace this morning if you were trusting in God, but our trust is in our circumstances. Why? Because we don't have peace until they change. If you get anything this morning, get this. Peace is not determined in the absence of conflict. It's determined in the presence of God. Peace doesn't come in the absence of conflict. There's always going to be conflict. Jesus said that. In the world, you'll have tribulation. It's only going to get worse from here on out. I saw someone's shirt the other day. It says, normal's not coming back, but Jesus is. Right. And hey, I can have peace this morning. Watch this. Not because everything's getting better. We see the gas price tick down from 450 to $439. we are like, yes. I hate to tell you, look, it's not going to last But you can have peace in spite of your gas prices. Why? Because the picture of peace God gives us is not in the absence of conflict, it's in the presence of God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. But there's something you need to notice this morning. This is a very specific peace. Watch what it says We have peace with God. The second thing I want you to notice this morning, if you're going to find the missing piece, first you see a picture of the piece. The picture of God's peace is not in the absence of conflict, it's in the presence of God. Number two, I want you to notice a particular piece. A particular piece. The Bible says we have peace with God. This is very important that you notice that very small preposition in there, the word with God. In order for you to have the kind of peace that overwhelms your conflict, it first begins with you having peace with God. That means between you and God. Quit trying to have peace with your bank account and peace with your spouse. Listen, you need peace with God first. And when you get peace with God, watch this, you find the peace of God. That's very important this morning. What did the Bible say? We read it a moment ago, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Don't overlook those little prepositions. They're important. That word with, peace with God in verse number 1 means between. When I have peace between me and God, then I have the peace of God, which is from God. Now, here's the problem. How many times do we pray and we ask God, God, I want the peace of God, I want the peace of God, and yet there's still something between us and God. You'll not have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And then when you make peace with God, you move forward having the peace of God, and the peace of God overwhelms your circumstances. Give you an example. What did the Apostle Paul say? On the road to Damascus, here's Paul the Bible doesn't give us a lot of backstory, but it's evident by what Christ tells him that Paul had been having a tough time. So how do you know that? What did Jesus say? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Personally, in my opinion, I believe the Apostle Paul was still dealing with the death of Stephen. he watched that young man's brains be beat out for the cause of Christ. And I believe the Holy Spirit used the testimony of that young man to bring conviction to the Apostle Paul's future, the Apostle Paul's heart. I think he'd been dealing with that and struggling with that. Else why would Christ say it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks? It's hard for you to kick against that. It's hurting you. It's hard, and it's hurting you. Watch this. And then lo and behold, in the road to Damascus, the apostle Paul made peace with God. He now had peace between him and God. And the apostle Paul would leave that place and have a tougher life after he got saved. Then before he got saved. And yet all throughout the rest of his life, you see and you read and you hear the peace of God. I go bound in the spirit in Jerusalem, but none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy. That's the peace of God. Where did he get the peace of God? He got it when he had peace with God. If you want to have the peace of God that overwhelms your circumstances, you've got to first make peace with God. That means nothing can between, be between you and your Savior. Now look at verse 1. Obviously, we're speaking of salvation here. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, now I want you to notice what's happening here We're talking about when we're lost and we get saved When we're lost, the Bible says the sin between us and God creates a word We don't use a lot in our vernacular here in South Mississippi The word enmity Our sin creates enmity It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 And I will put enmity between thee and the woman And between thy seed and her seed That word enmity, sin always brings enmity, all right? That means we are now in opposition to God. When we have sin in our life, we are now in opposition to God. By the way, that's lost or saved. I want you to know when you go to war with God, there will be no peace. When there is enmity or sin in our life between us and God, you're not going to have peace. That's why, listen, a Christian who's out of the will of God is one of the most miserable persons on planet Earth. Why? Because there's enmity. You're opposing God. You're, listen, you're playing chicken with God. And I don't know if you realize this, but you're going to lose. All right, so when we're lost, Romans chapter 1, when we're lost, there is sin between us and God. There's enmity between us and God. Romans chapter 8, verse 7, the Bible says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And when there's something between us and God, we are at opposition with him. We're at war with him. And that's why you don't have peace. But what does it say? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You will never have the peace of God that overshadows your circumstances until you have peace with God. That means that what stands between you and your Savior has got to be confessed and forsaken in order to find that mercy. We all talk about it, boy, I just need the peace, I just need peace. No, we just need to get right with God so we'll have some peace. Because as long as there's something between us and God, that's denying us the peace of God that we could have because we're not at peace with God. Isaiah 59, 7, listen to this. The Bible says their feet run to evil, speaking of his people. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. The Bible says wasting and destruction are in their paths, the way of peace they know not. There's no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. The path of sin will never lead you to peace. You've got to turn around, come back down that path, and head back toward God. Confess it. Forsake it. And then the Bible says we can know peace. There's no peace with God until you find that peace of God. And I hate this morning that so many of us are missing out on what God says we could have. Proverbs 16, 7, I'm going to hurry because I want to get down to the third point. It's very important. The Bible says, when a man's ways please God, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please God, that means when a man is right with God, we have confessed and forsaken what stands between us and God. The Bible says, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. But our ways have got to please God. I believe this morning The reason so many of us have so much strife and trouble in our life Is because our ways don't please God We don't have peace Hey the Bible says that God What does it say in that verse He maketh his enemies to be at peace with him God can handle your enemies God can handle your troubles God can handle your doubts Your fears, your griefs, Whatever it is this morning God can handle that But you've got to make sure that your ways please God But here's what we do I say, God, I don't have time for a relationship with you right now. I've got to handle all these fires in my life. God says, No, the reason you have all these fires in your life is because your ways don't please me. You're ignoring me. I'll take care of them. When the man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I wonder this morning if you trade all the enemies you're fighting, let them be with God. Let God handle them, and you be at peace with him. Here's the problem. And boy, this is a doozy. You've got to choose who you're going to be at peace with. You have to choose who you're going to be at peace with. You're either going to be at peace with God and let Him handle the world, or you're going to give in to the peer pressure of the world so you can be at peace with the world now at opposition with God. You can't do both. You can't do both. The reason so many of us this morning are struggling is because we want to be at peace with the world and peace with God. What does the Bible say? James 4 4, harsh language, very politically incorrect. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, God says you're cheating. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. What is he saying? You've got to choose. Do you want to be at peace with the world and enmity and opposition to God? Or do you want to have the peace of God and let him handle the world? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the opposite side of the battlefield from God. I read all throughout this book. It didn't turn out well. We see the great mighty nation of the United States of America. America. I'm afraid we've taken the position on the other side of the battlefield from God It's not going to end well The wicked shall be turned into hell And all the nations that forget God America will not be exempted Neither will you and neither will I We've got to decide this morning Do we want this particular peace? We have peace with God I heard a story once of a pastor and the deacon board that were fighting I'm thankful we don't have that problem here They were fighting over something that that the pastor felt led to do. The deacons didn't like the idea. didn't want to spend the money or something. And so they were just going back and forth fighting over it. And they're sitting there in the boardroom one day. And uh, the pastor says, look, I'm tired of you guys ganging up on me. I pray right now. I'm praying to God that the Holy Spirit would make known that the direction I'm leading is the right direction. Immediately, fireball comes down from heaven. Boom, splits the conference table in half. And the room is just sitting there smoking. Everyone's looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And the pastor says, see, God's on my side. The 11 deacons look back at him and says, okay, it's now 11 to 2, but we're still in the majority. (laughs) As ridiculous as that is, that's me. Oftentimes, I would rather side with my desires and my wants and the majority than to side with God. And then I have the... Amazing ability to wonder why I am having so much struggle in my life and why I don't have peace in my life. You're missing peace because you don't have peace with God. You want the peace of God? Make peace with God. But then watch closely. The all-important question of how, how. This is where the message came from. I was sitting, uh, sitting in our room reading through this, and I saw something I've never seen before in verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now, I want to show you some words that you ought to underline. I underline these in my Bible. The Bible says, by faith, we have peace. I underline those words, by faith, we have peace. Now, watch this. Verse 1 says, through Christ we have been justified. That means, watch this, I did not have what it took to pay my own sin debt. Christ paid it for me. I didn't have what it would cost in order to eliminate that which stood between me and God. Jesus came down, he sacrificed a sinless, perfect life to pay that debt for me, and it's gone. I am justified. The word justified means just as if I'd never sinned. That enmity is gone. And I can have peace. But wait a minute, how do we get that peace? By faith, we have peace. The only way to make peace with God is through faith in what Christ did. That's number three. That's the process of peace. The process of peace. Now, let's dig into verse 1 a little bit deeper. Obviously, we're talking about salvation. When I was lost... I was at war with God. If you're lost here today, you're at war with God, and you're going to lose eternally if you don't surrender. When I was lost, I was at war with God. Jesus came down. He paid my price, and now peace has been offered to me. But it's not yours until you accept it. You have to choose to accept the conditions of the peace that God offers. Look down to verse number 5 show you what Jesus did. Uh, Romans chapter 5, I'm sorry, look down to verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Yes. What does he say? He's saying Jesus came down and made this peace available to us, but it's only through him. It's only through him. What does it say? We have peace. By faith we have peace. It's not faith in something we did. It's faith completely in what he did. You trust what he did. You trust the payment that he made, the sacrifice, the substitutionary death of Christ. You trust in that. And the Bible says that's how you have peace. Do you know why so many this morning... Have trouble being saved? Because I think you have to add something to it. And I I want to trust what he did. I gotta do some good works. Oh no, no, no. What a faulty plan that is. The Bible says by faith we have peace with God. What is that faith in? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the process to have peace this morning. That's how I got peace when I got saved. The other day, my daughter came home from fun run. Well, they had a good time, brother. He did a great job with that. Thank all the volunteers who worked hard. They had a great time getting messy and wet and raising money for the school. And uh, I, I didn't do a fun run. I told Miss Mary I did a fun watch. I uh, just watched them do the fun run. My daughter come home and says, Dad, my, my legs are tired, you know. My legs are tired. I said, Well, sit down. Kids, you gotta spell things out nowadays. Sit down. My daughter walked into the living room and she just hopped right up on the couch. Hopped right on the couch. Do you know what peace is? Peace is rest. Rest. My daughter found rest by hopping up there on that old couch. She took all the weight off of her little spindly legs and put all of her weight on that couch. You know what she was doing? She's putting her faith in it, 100%. Can I tell you, your spiritual legs are pretty spindly this morning. They can't carry the load of sin. Can't do it. He says, hey, why don't you hop up on my couch? Why don't you trust what I did? He can hold you up. He can take the load off. What does the Bible say in Matthew 11? We know this well, but I don't think we know it as well as we should. Matthew 11:28. 28, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know what rest is, it's peace, it's peace. But wait a minute, what's the contingency? Come unto me, trust me, by faith we have peace. You gotta trust me, you got look, if you're waiting to get saved until you figure it out, you're going to die and go to hell because you're never going to be able to figure it out you're never going to be able to do good enough. You're going to die, and you're going to go to hell. Don't figure it out. He's already done it. Yes. Just trust what he did. By faith, we have peace. Yes. How's he going to do it when I die? I have no clue. <laughs> don't ask me. My daughter's been asking me a lot of questions about the rapture lately. Look at what's going on in the world. We're definitely closer to it today than we've ever been. I had to tell you a lot of things. I've just told her, I don't know. She's asked me about the millennial reign, all the different people that are going to be here. I said, baby, I don't know. I feel like an idiot sometimes. I don't know. I'm thankful I don't have to figure it out to be a part of it. I just trust what he did. He did it. He paid the price. And the Bible says, by faith we have peace. You keep reading verse number 9 in Matthew 11. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find, I love this, watch close, and ye shall find rest for." Your souls. Souls. If you try to carry your sin load and you try to figure it out intellectually, it's going to weigh you down, it's going to bog you down, and it's going to crush you. He says, you can find rest. Hey, come unto me. Come unto me. Hey, trust me. By faith, we have peace. Peace is rest. We're not resting in what we did. We're resting in what he did. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. Now, this is important. A lot of us here today are already saved. But after we get saved, I want to be honest with you. There are many times in my life I don't have the peace that I should have. I don't have peace in my heart. Sometimes there's not peace in my home. Sometimes there's not peace in my mind. I begin to worry and doubt and fear. Look, if you'll listen for the next few minutes, this will help you. How do I have that peace? It's the same way you got the peace that you got saved with. Watch close. There's those words again in verse 1. By faith, we have peace. By faith, we have peace. He said, what do you mean by that? Well, the reason so many Christians this morning lack the peace they could have is because they refuse to trust in what he said. That's why we don't have peace. By faith, we have peace. Do you know why you're worried, scared, doubtful, fearful? It's because you're trusted in you. You're comparing your problems to you, and you're like, my problems are bigger than me. Yeah, I'd be scared too. Uh, we were at HubFest yesterday, and we walked by, and they had this big arm wrestling tournament going on. Brother Lenny should have been there. We walked by there, and my daughter says, Go ahead, Dad. Quit laughing. Quit laughing. Shame on you. You just hurt my feeling. You just quenched the spirit right here. We might as well give the invitation and go home. Dad, why don't you get up there? I'm looking at those guys up there. Line's too long, babe. Line's too long. I just ate a chicken on a stick. I don't know that I got it in me at the moment. No chance. I think those guys had milk jugs under their sleeves. I want to go some bodily exercise prophet as little. That's scripture. That's what I wanted to tell them, but I didn't because they were too big and I was scared. Now, listen close to me this morning. I looked at them and thought, there's no way. Look, that's why we're feel f- fearful. We look at our problems. We look at Ukraine. We look at Vladimir. And we look at gas prices. And we look at all that's going on in the world. And we're fearful and we're doubtful. Do you know why? Because you're comparing them to you. When we should be scared, we should be fearful, we should be doubtful. But wait a minute, by faith we have peace. What does that mean? If we just trust what he said, we have no need to be scared anymore. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Our God still has his hand on things. Let's just trust him and all of a sudden doubt and fear must flee. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Where does the power come from? It ain't us. Where does it come from? By faith, we have peace. I'm putting my faith in his power. I'm putting my faith in what he knows because what I know is not enough and my power is not enough. Power, love, and a sound mind. Do you know what that is? That is peace. Where does it come from? You trust in what he said. You know, I have a teenager. And uh, boy, I tell you, um, raising a teenager in 2022 is not the easiest thing in the world, is it? So, I are trying to raise them right, train them up in the way they should go, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's tough, man. That's tough. And after a while, you're like, this is so hard. It would be just easier to quit. And so, in order to have peace with your kid, you quit trusting what God said, and you just undermine the whole thing. There's a peace which passes understanding. You're thinking, yeah, just if I just had peace with my young person and gave him to what they wanted and let them go and let them do and let them listen and let them watch and let them dress, whatever they wanted to do, I just have peace with my young person. But now you don't have peace with God because you quit trusting what the book said that it's your job to train them up. It's your job to, to bring them up and then nurture and admonition or the direction of the Lord. That's your job. And you're like, oh, I'm just tired of fighting them. Hey, it's much worse fighting God. You'd rather fight your teenager. By the way, young person, you've got a mom and dad fighting for you. Don't fight back. Just submit to it. Amen? Honor thy father and thy mother. Why? Because when you fight with mom and dad, now you're fighting with God. Because the book just says you're supposed to honor them. That's what the book says. You trust them. I think about it, in our marriage. Sometimes we get crossways. Maybe you're not as human as I am, but sometimes my wife and I disagree. And she can be fierce. I know you're looking at her and you're thinking, Lady that drives a Volkswagen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I'm tired of this whole leading my home thing. You know? This is 2022. We're going to co-opt this thing, right? You know? Let's just be be both accountable. You know, we have a a home to where you give an account. No, I'm going to give an account. I'm the head of my house. Don't like it. Sorry. That's what the book says, all right? That's what the book says. I'm just tired of this. You know what? I'm just going to quit leading. Hey, to have peace in my home, I'm just going to quit doing all that. But now I have lined myself up against God. By faith, we have peace. That means, you know what? I'm just going to have faith in what he said and let God handle the other side of the battlefield, whether it be my children, whether it be in my home, whether it be in my workplace. I'm not going to cross the battle lines from God. I'm going to just trust what he said. By faith, we have peace. So the process of peace is by faith. I wrote in the margin of my Bible right here the day I was studying this, the key to possessing peace by faith. I just got to trust what he said. All of a sudden, half you folks get mad at me, and you leave here because something I felt led, God felt led us to do, preaching the word of God. And, man, that hurts when you look out and see empty chairs. Man, maybe I just ought to backtrack on that a little bit. Quit preaching on that. Let's just preach some more, you know, neutral messages. That right way people hang around. But now I've aligned myself against God. I've just got to trust what God said. Amen? Isaiah 26.3, the Bible says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I don't know how many times in my life when the storm around us was raging that I just looked up to God and said, Okay, you said it. You said it. Gonna do what you said when everybody disagrees with you. Amen. Right. You're doing it wrong, you're messing up. Okay, I'm just doing what you said. Amen. I'm just gonna do what you said. And it's amazing how God always keeps his word. Amen. The process of peace by faith. Someone said this about doctors one time, a good illustration of faith. When you're sick, you go to a doctor that oftentimes you don't know. He gives you a prescription you can't read. You go to a pharmacy you've a pharmacist you've never seen and gives you medicine you don't understand, but you take it anyway. That's faith. And yet there is a God that we can know, a prescription we can read, and a medicine we can't understand and we don't. Why? Because we lack what it takes to have peace. Look what it says, by faith we have peace probably going to stop there this morning and we'll finish this tonight but I want you to notice something the Bible says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God this morning believe it or not what you're looking for is peace while we chase more dollars while we chase higher status more notoriety what we're seeking is peace there's something missing and we think that's going to fill it. That's going to fill it. That's going to fill it. No, if you're lost this morning, the only way to have peace is to know the Prince of Peace. That's Christ. He can get, Look, you can have peace with God. You say, but you don't know what I've done. I mean, what stood between me and God? My pile of sin was huge, and oh, it was heinous. You have no idea what I've done. Doesn't matter. Christ. We talked about it a while ago. We sang about it. It covered it all. And you can have peace with God. And after you make peace with God, oh, then you can have the peace of God, which overshadows your per, uh, any circumstances you have this morning. Do you have peace with God? Are you 100% sure that you're saved? That if you died right now or the trump of God would sound, you're going to be with God. Do you know that? For certain, you can have peace with God. Jesus did the work. Now, here's the Holy Spirit. He's that peace negotiator. He comes to you and he says, hey, it's been paid for, but you have to accept it. Are you willing? Are you willing? You see, you have to decide whether or not you accept that peace and what Christ did on the cross for you. You can have peace today. Now, if you're saved this morning, can I ask you also, do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God? Is there anything between you and God this morning? Say, yeah, I know, but it's small. That's keeping you from having the peace of God. We see these super Christians. I know a lot of them. Boy, sometimes they're just so super, they get on your nerves, don't they? They're going through cancer. They're going through grief. They're facing everything you're facing and more. And yet they have the peace of God that overshadows their circumstances you're like man I wish I could have that you could but you got to make peace with God and you could have that peace of God that passes understanding my life's falling apart but you know what I'm okay why because you have the peace of God because you made peace with God do you need to make peace with God this morning believe it or not that's the missing piece that's the missing piece It's not more money. It's not a bigger job. It's not a title, notoriety. No, no, no. It's peace you're looking for, and you can have it today. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Let's stand. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed.